Welcome to Conversations with Commerce Trust. Today we have Chief Investment Strategist Joe Williams. Joe, welcome. How are you today? I'm doing great. Joe, did you ever think in your lifetime that uh, you've been doing this a long time that we'd see a 30,000 uh, level in the Dow? I sure didn't. Uh, I, I, well, I knew we'd eventually get here, but it uh, came a little sooner than I would have thought. <laughs> well, let's lead you off in that direction. Um, despite it, uh, 2020 that uh, everyone would like to forget for many different reasons, um, we're probably looking at double-digit equity market returns uh, for the past year and maybe a promising 2021. Uh, what should equity investors be thinking about for the year? Well, there's no doubt the uh, rally from the lows in late March has truly been historic. You know, I've sensed the skepticism about the longevity of this rally, though, is still very high. Until just recently, money flows have been out of equities and into fixed income investments, and that's been occurring over the last several years. So here is the investment landscape for financial assets in 2021, as I see it. First, money market funds yield nothing. And the Fed has said short rates are not going up for the foreseeable future. So 2021, 0% rate of return. We are all aware that interest rates collapsed as the economy declined in 2020. As we end the year, the 10-year Treasury is hovering around 0.9%, still 1% lower than it was just a year ago. So we believe the pressure will be on interest rates to slowly increase in 2021 as the economy reopens, which will limit fixed income returns for bond funds uh, in the 0 to 3% range. And there is a possibility of slightly negative returns in 2021. So that brings us to equities. Can they beat a 3% return? And our answer is yes. Yes, valuation levels are high, but earnings are making a strong rebound. Companies have coped much better than we would have thought under these pandemic operating conditions. Dividends also look attractive. Dividend yield on the S&P 500 is 1.8%. And we think this could cause a shift from bonds back to stocks in 2021. Joe, you've been pretty consistent in recommending and overweight the stocks versus bonds and, and still favor growth to value over the short term. Um, give us some more insight about your rationale on this and, and a possible catch-up of value stocks uh, developing in the market. Yes, well, we recently actually just went overweight stocks. We've been fairly neutral uh, weighting in stocks over the last six months. But in early uh, November, with the election results finally uh, known and the announcement of a viable vaccine, or maybe more than one or two, uh, the window now was open for the economy to fully recover sometime in 2021. Granted, the next several months, are going to be painful with growing coronavirus cases and unfortunately deaths. But it's very important to remember the stocks 
or a discounting mechanism. And what will happen six months from now is what is being priced in currently. Fortunately, the outlook looks much brighter than before the vaccine news. We feel comfortable with a slight overweight now of equities to fixed income. We have long also overweighted growth to value stocks. And in 2020, that was a very profitable tilt as large cap growth stocks through the end of November were up 32% versus value stocks, which actually declined 1%. So growth stocks, why have they done so well? Well, growth stocks are typically heavily concentrated in certain sectors, namely technology, healthcare, and consumer discretionary, which is led by Amazon. The value is heavily weighted toward economically sensitive sectors, namely financial, industrials, energy, real estate, and utilities. Most of these sectors have been hit hard by the dramatic decline in the economy in 2020. But with the news of the vaccine, all of a sudden, value stocks see a window of opportunity and start performing better, as was the case in November of 2020. So before the vaccine news was announced in November, we tilted portfolio 60% growth stocks versus 40% value stocks. But as we enter 2021, we want to narrow that difference to 55% growth and 45% value, at least for the first half of 2021. We do expect value stocks to perform now in line or possibly better than growth over the short term. Joe, let's turn to international investing for, for just a moment. It's certainly been, uh, it's certainly underperformed domestic equities for quite a while now. With a falling dollar as a tailwind, are international stocks finally uh, improving as an option for, for your portfolio? We are becoming a little more optimistic on international investments. Uh, the EFI, Europe, Australia, and the Far East um, underperformed U.S. stocks uh, by about 10% so far in 2020. Uh, we do think uh, that the underperformance, uh, we still want to keep underweighted our long-term target, which of a normal portfolio is about 30% international stocks. But we do have to admit there are finally some tailwinds instead of headwinds for international stocks as we enter 2021. First, international investments have a large tilt just the way the indexes are built toward value stocks. And as I commented before, with the reopening of the economies around the world, this should favor value, which should translate into better international returns. Another tailwind is the weakness in the U.S. dollar to foreign currencies. Every percent the dollar declines, it actually adds about 1% onto your international fund returns as it's translated back to U.S. dollars. So if the dollar declines another 5% in 2021, this could be a nice tailwind for returns for international funds. So I asked your good colleague, uh, Scott Colbert, our chief 
economist uh, yesterday this same question. I guess this one has a little drama to it. Wall Street seems to anticipate a gridlock Congress for the next four years, but there's still much uncertainty in the eventual congressional makeup, depending upon the January 5th Georgia runoff. Uh, as we approach that date, Joe, any, any, uh, anything you want to pass on to investors? Well, I mean, the equity market, I think, expects the Republicans to win one or two of the Georgia seats, and that will mean they maintain majority within the Senate. If they lose two, that means it's going to be a 50-50, and the vice president will have the uh, uh, winning vote. So the market, if, if they do lose two, the market could drop 5%. But I think the decline will be short in duration as the odds of passing detrimental tax reform for corporations and personal tax rates still looks very low, even with a 50-50 Senate. Are you recommending any repositioning uh, for tax purposes at this time? As we're closing into the end of the year, we're not uh, proposing any repositioning in 2020 based on any expected tax law changes being proposed in 2021. And of course, the ones that would have a negative would be increasing your capital gains tax and your dividend tax rates. Uh, but as I said earlier, we think the odds of something like that happening are uh, low and not worth trying to change your portfolio in 2020 uh, for 2021 uh, changes. So let's conclude with this. Uh, any uh, any predictions for the end of the year? A lot of, a lot of pundits out there try to guess what the, uh, what the indexes look like toward the end of the year. What do you foresee at the end of 2021? Well, as we... We said we're we're positive on the on the uh, outlook for 2021. I guess the, the question is, uh, you know, what would change that outlook and and make us more negative, uh, and say this bull market uh, is coming to an end. You know, over my years of doing this, I've observed a lot of bull markets, and they typically run out of steam when all four of the following areas that affect the market turn negative. So the four areas are, the first is valuation. And I commented earlier that no doubt the valuation levels uh, for the market are extremely high as earnings collapsed in the mid uh, part of 2020 and are trying to rebound. You know, valuation levels are back to highs that we saw back in, in the low, uh, low for earnings in 2009 and also 1999. So we need earnings to continue to recover to drive those valuation levels down, but that's still a negative right now for the market. Second is the economy, and what concerns us is kind of a contrary thinking. A real strong economy causes problems for the stock market because when the economy is very strong, the Fed is usually close to following up, uh, trying to slow down the economy and raising interest rates. Right now, coming off the third worst recession we've had since uh, 1920, we don't have to worry about the economy overheating, so that's still a positive. Also, then we look at the direction of interest rates. We found in the past when interest rates are rising, 
That's not a good sign for stocks. It causes problems. When interest rates are falling or uh, remaining about the same level, that is very positive and a, a nice tailwind for stock returns. So we know interest rates have been declining uh, this year, and uh, they've kind of stabilized and slowly starting to creep up. But right now, it still remains a real positive for stocks, makes stocks very competitive to other investments. Uh, so until we see a really strong, much stronger move up in interest rates, that's a positive for stocks. Last off is sentiment, investor sentiment. And I, I will have to say we are currently seeing uh, some short-term sentiment indicators suggesting there is a lot of speculation uh, in, in the market. Uh, we've seen that in several new uh, initial public offerings, Airbnb and, and DoorDash. It just recently have come out that all of a sudden doubled on the first trade. Uh, certainly, there is some speculation there. But when we look at some of the longer-term sentiment indicators, uh, they still uh, show that investors are surprisingly still cautious. So we, we would still rank sentiment as a positive, maybe neutral. So all in all, as we enter 2021, three of the four are positive. And I think the surprise for returns, at least in the first half of the year, could be on the upside, and hopefully for the entire year of 2021. Thank you, Joe. That was Joe Williams. Chief Investment Strategist for Commerce Trust Company. Commerce Trust Company is a division of Commerce Bank. Important material disclosures regarding the content of this call follow. Generally, non-depository investments offered in connection with Commerce Bank and its affiliates are not guaranteed, are not FDIC insured, and may lose value. Information provided is effective as of today, December the 11th, 2020, and is presented for the purpose of general education, information or illustration only, it is not to be considered as the opinion of Commerce Trust Company or Commerce Bank regarding any individual investment, investment account, or market behavior. Neither Commerce nor any of its affiliates, officers, employees, or agents have made any recommendation or given any advice as to the terms, beneficial interest, or profitability of any investment or market activity which may be referenced here, and this information may not be relied upon as such. Accordingly, you understand that you are always fully responsible for any investment transaction you choose to enter into and that you shall not have relied only on any of the proceedings or following information from commerce as a basis for any investment decision. In considering whether to trade or invest, you should inform yourself and be aware of the risks. The risk of loss from investing in securities and other investments can be substantial. You should consider whether investments entered into directly by you or on a discretionary managed basis through Commerce Trust Company or elsewhere are appropriate for you in light of your investment objectives, financial circumstances, tax status, your tolerance to risk, investment time horizon, and your investment experience. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, and the opinions and other information in the commentary provided as of this date are subject to change. Diversification does not guarantee a profit or protect against all risk. Markets, economic forecasts, and aspects of specific investments can change from time to time based on a variety of individual interrelated or complex factors. This disclosure statement cannot present all the risks and other significant aspects of investments, economies, or markets in which you may elect to transact from time to time. 
You should therefore carefully study investment arrangements in advance of making decisions about investing. Providing this information, which may be of value to you or others, does not detract from an investor's responsibility to take all such steps and make all such inquiries as may be necessary to ensure full understanding and familiarity with any potential future investment. If you are in doubt about the risks involved in trading or investment arrangements, or have not understood any aspect of this risk disclosure statement, you should seek independent professional advice. Please also note that Commerce does not offer tax, legal, or specific estate planning advice, and while we may provide information or express general opinions from time to time, such information or opinions are not offered as professional tax or legal advice.